It's great to be with you tonight and to share what I believe the Lord has put in my heart. Now, at this time of the year, if you go around the different churches, they're singing their lungs out that Jesus is alive. And that's true. But he was alive last week. And he'll be alive next week. And he'll, he'll be forever alive. So let's always keep that memento up. Don't be putting him in the tomb next week and taking him out next Easter. I hope you're not going to do that, but I hope that you're going to enjoy. That's what Christianity is all about. Enjoy. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And as we go all life, we can have heaven on the way to heaven. Isn't that great? And so we can rejoice in all that God is doing for us. Now I'm going to read the word of the Lord, and it's from Luke chapter 24. Now I'm reading this first part because it's about the resurrection, but we're going to do a little bit of other research into the word. Luke chapter 24. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they find the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereby, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered up unto the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the leaven and to the rest. And we know that the Lord will bless the reading of his word. And I trust when you go home, you'll take it up again and you'll reread all that you hear tonight. Now, the start off that Jesus is alive. It's a reality. He is alive. And as I was thinking about the Lord Jesus, because this is the day when our thoughts and our hearts and our minds will be centered on Christ. All that he has wrought for you and me. All that he has done at the place called Calvary. Now here's the wonderful thing. Jesus is the only man who lived before he was born. He is the only man who lived before he was born. What was he doing before he was born? He was in heaven enjoying the angels and the seraphims all crying to him, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was there at the very beginning, making the earth. He said, let there be. And when God speaks, things happen. Amen. When we open our mouth, we may have difficulties. But when he opens his mouth, things really 
take place. And so we have a God who not only was resurrection, who was way before in the beginning. But here's the wonderful thing. Uh, way back there, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, God himself, loved the world. He loved the people he made. He made us to have fellowship with him. He wanted to, us to enjoy him, but he enjoys our company. I hope you have company with God day by day. It's the best company you could have. And to think of all the things and the treasures that he'll open up to you through his word. Now, here was Jesus way back in eternity coming on to our, making plans to come onto our planet. And he came with one thing in mind. One thing, us. Way back in eternity, he thought about you. He thought about me. We weren't born yet, but he knew all about us. And he knew our name. He knew the families we were. He's God, so he knows everything. And so way back there, he was planning. He was purpose. And he came into the world to die. To die on a cross. And when he did come into the world, that was the first thing he told his disciples as he gathered them around. He said, I am come to die on a cross. On the third day, I'll rise again from the dead. Now, he told them that again and again. I didn't enter their thick skulls, I don't think. But he was, and he tells us, this same Jesus, he said, Nobody's going to take my life from me. What a God. I lay it down of myself, and I take it up by myself. How was that possible? Well, he explained that to us again and again. And we're going to look at three places where this Jesus, the living, glorified Son of God, who became the Son of Man, who is making his way to the cross, how he demonstrated all that he ever was. And this is one. He says, now I'm going to die. Nobody's going to take my life from me. I'm going to lay it down of myself, and I'm going to take it up again. So, one day, the Son of God, he had come onto our planet, and he was going to the city, a little city called Nain. And as he was going through the gate, a funeral procession was coming out of the gate. And so the two met. I think that's wonderful. I think that's tremendous because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am life. I am life. So here was death and life meeting one another. And I think this is a tremendous thing because God's showing them the Son of Man has come to, to reveal that he is life. I am come 
that you might have life and that you might have it a wee bit here and a wee bit there, more abundantly and more an eternal life. The quality of life that I have got, I'm going to give it to you. I think that's tremendous. And he's willing to share with us all that he has and all that he is. And so here's death and life meeting one another. And Jesus looked past the death part at, the, at that particular moment because there was a little woman there. And the Bible says she was a widow. Death had already robbed her of her husband. And now death had come and was taking her son away. And she had no hope. She was hopeless. And she was in tears. And Jesus, looking upon her, had compassion on her. And you know, when Jesus looks at us, it's always with that look of compassion. When he sees the troubles and the difficulties and the trials that we go through in life, he's touched by that. He's moved by that. And so he speaks into the woman's life and he says, don't weep. And then he confronts death itself. He hadn't died yet, but he still was the prince of life. And so he came and he faced death and he went to that stretcher and he said, I say unto thee, arise. Death had to give up its prey. He tore it from him. Here was the prince of life facing into the, the realms of death and was able to snatch that mouth and bring him to life. Then we see him again. He's still telling the disciples who he is, and I don't think they're getting it, even though he's demonstrating it. But the next, the next thing we see, him in a crowd. He's already been healing people. But a ruler of the synagogue comes along, and this ruler said, Now, I have got a little daughter, and she is at the very point of death. Very, very ill. Will you please come and see to my little daughter? You see, she wasn't dead. She was sick. And, of course, Jesus said, yes, I'll come. And Jesus was on his way. But on his way, in the crowd, a woman comes along. And she had spent all her money to doctors trying to get better, and she couldn't. But she, in her heart, she thought, if I but touch him, if I but touch his clothes, I shall be healed. And so she did that. And she was gloriously healed. And then a whole conversation started between her and the Savior. She was, thank, I'm sure she thanked him. Oh, Lord, it was me that touched you. And Jesus knew that somebody had touched him. Somebody had put out the hand of faith. And Jesus always knows when we touch him. That's the wonderful thing. But she touched. And so there was a whole conversation going on. And suddenly a servant arrives on the scene and says to Jairus, don't trouble the master any longer. 
your daughter's just died. Now, it's strange that sometimes, and even in our own lives, we feel that God can do certain things, but there's certain things he can't do. I've got a big problem here. If you only knew my problem. Well, the Lord could sort that bit out, but he couldn't sort this out. Definitely not. Now, she was sick. God could do something. But did. She could do, he could do nothing now. Only bury her. But he had forgotten. He was the life giver. And so he came to where Jairus' uh, daughter was, and he put the people out, and he stretched forth his hand, and the little girl came to life. He spoke life into death. Death had to let go of its prey. And so he was able to do that. Then Jesus had a friend. He had many friends. He had two sisters that were friends. He had a, and their brother who was friend. And the two sisters sent to Jesus. And they said, our brother's sick. He whom thou lovest is sick. And Jesus said, well, this sickness is not unto death. <laughs> he didn't say he wouldn't die, but he said it wasn't unto, that wasn't going to be the end. And then he waits. And then in the meantime, we all know the wonderful story, Lazarus dies. But it goes further. He's actually put into the tomb. He's now in the graveyard. He's now got all the clothes on him, and he's locked in the tomb now. And uh, Jesus comes along, and the first one out of the house, of course, is Martha. And, uh, oh, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You could have healed him because he was sick. But he's dead and he's in the tomb. And Jesus said to her, said to her well, like Martha, your brother will rise again. Now remember, they're talking about the brother. They're on the same subject. And then, of course, Martha loses the subject because she says, oh, yes, I know. My doctrine, of course, tells me he will rise again on the resurrection at the last day. Prince of Life was right there. Now Jesus immediately gives her a revelation. Nobody has got it yet, but he, now he's given it to Martha. He said, Martha, I am, not I was, not I will be, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe that? Oh, yes, Lord, I believe, and off she goes. But she didn't believe, because that's obvious on the, when they, they asked him to bring him out, out of the tomb. He said, oh, no, by then uh, he, he, he'll be stinking because he's been in the tomb four days. Don't ask that part of it. And then again, he said, did not I say, and you'll see the glory of God. You'll see me. I am the resurrection and the life. That's who Jesus is. He is life. And so he calls into the tomb. I like that. Lazarus is dead, 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 like a lot of people today. Dead, dead, dead. 
And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. And he said, Lazarus. Somebody said if he hadn't called him by his name, there would have been a general resurrection. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus, death had to give up its prey. It had to go back. The prince of life had come. The prince of life had ordered death to give up its prey. And so Lazarus comes out. Glad he comes out of the grave clothes and he comes out of the graveyard. Nothing there belonged to him anymore. He had met with the prince of life. And so Jesus is alive. But now what about this man of life that was going to come, came into the world, now he's going to project himself into the grave, in through death. He didn't have to. He didn't have to. But he did it because he loved you and me. He said, I'm going to lay down my life. No man's going to take it from me because I'm life. And I'm going to take it up again. And so what we call this Easter time, the Son of God, they took him, the one who so loved them, loved them so much that he left aside his glory. And he came to this world and he allowed them to take him and roughly put him to a cross. And they thought, that's it. Life is gone. We've got rid of him. But there was a triumphant cry. Not a weak cry. Not, oh, well, I've done the work. It's all done. No. One word. Finished. Isn't that glorious? Finished. What was finished? The work the Father had given him to do. The work that he had come to the planet to do. This was why he lived here. This is what he had come to do. To die for a world. Then they took him down from the cross. This is the life. He had subjected himself now to death. We'll never fathom it. Because that day, Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. We don't have to taste death. He took it. We don't have to take the sting of death. He has taken the sting out of death. He came and he subjected himself to death. Here was the prince of life saying, I know all about it, and I'm going all the way for you. Now, we, our little puny minds will never fully understand it. We'll never be able to fully take it in. But one thing we do know, the Son of God died for you and me. They put him into the tomb, and he groveled with death, and he won the war. It's finished. You can have victories that you can win. But he won the war. 
And when death comes to the Christian, there's no need to fear. Yea, though I walk through the valley, you run if you're afraid. <laughs> I know if I'm going to a house and there's dogs and I run for my life, uh, that's fear. But we'll not do nothing. We'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death, for he'll be with us. The prince of life, death couldn't hold him. He could grapple with death. He could hold death. Death had to do what he told it to do. But the prince of life, death had to give him up. Give it up because Christ had won the victory. And he won that victory for you and for me. If you're in the meeting tonight, and maybe you're afraid of dying, you're afraid of death, there's no need to fear. He has tasted it. He so loved you that he gave himself for you. He tasted death for you. He grumbled with death. He won the war at the place of death. And he's able to declare, I am the resurrection and the life. What about the men that uh, he had died for, that you and me? What happened to the disciples? What, while all of this was going on, you know what they were doing? Well, Mary, take her for instance. She went to the graveyard looking for a body. A body. What are you looking for? He's alive. He's not here. He has risen as he said. You see, it already told them. But they were deaf to that. And many times in Scripture, we read the Word of God and we don't hear, really hear, what God is saying. And we put ourselves, God doesn't put us through, we put ourselves through a lot of trouble. There they had prepared all the spices and all the rest, looking for the body, looking for a body in the graveyard. That's where you look for bodies. But they couldn't find it because he had risen. When they got there, the stone was rolled away. Now, it wasn't rolled away to let Christ out. It was rolled away to let us see in. He is not here. He is risen. Disciples, take a good look. And they did. Some of them went right inside to have make sure that he wasn't there. He was not there. He is not here. He has risen because he is life. I am come that you might have life. Have you got life today? Christian. Have you got life? <laughs> Have you got life? That more abundant life. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. I am come and I've given you eternal life. The life that he had with the Father, he gives to you and to me. Oh, yes, we'll go through the valley of the shadow of death. Some of us have been, doesn't send a chariot for some of us, maybe. Uh, we don't know. But one thing we do know, death is defeated. Christ defeated death and is alive forevermore. Now, he's alive. He's already, the disciples are all scattered and they don't know. 
they don't know what to believe and what not to believe. If they'd have listened to the Lord, they would have known what to believe. You see, that's what you get when you don't listen. Really hear what God is saying. Sometimes we can pick pieces from the Bible like a lucky dip, and it could say anything to us. It can make us say what, what you wanted to say. But when you hear the voice of God speaking through the word of God, it's so different. It's so plain when you listen to what he's really saying. Not all uh, compared like Martha. Well, my doctrine says, yes, it'll be in the last day. But Jesus said, I'm here. I'm life here. Here I am. Now, you might say, well, God's not raising the dead today. Maybe not in Ireland, but he is in Africa. He is in Africa. There's not a thing that Jesus did when he was here upon this planet that he's not doing today. And he's risen, and he's still saving men and women from their sin, from their bondage, from all that. But now here are these disciples, Mary. She went, of course, to the graveyard, and there was two. And they decided to go for a walk in the wrong direction. They're leaving Jerusalem, the place where the blessing was going to come. They're going to go to a mess. And they're walking and they're talking. And all the things that, that had happened at Jerusalem and, and, and I. And suddenly, Jesus, oh, he's so kind. He just steps in and walks with them. And he says, what are you talking about? Are you a stranger? that you don't even know. And of course he starts and he starts to get, give the scriptures to them. And the scriptures were all about himself. And it wasn't until their hearts start to burn within them. Now at the beginning, they, whenever they, Jesus went and walked with them and talked with them, they were talking about him. They said, we thought, we thought that this same Jesus would be doing this and he would he'd rule our, the country. And they had all kinds of thoughts and we thought he was a prophet. And they thought, they thought. But here's Jesus explaining to them again things he'd already told them. And he starts to talk and, and talk. And the Bible says, that these two sad people with not even a burning heart, as they listened, their hearts began to burn. And that's what happens when you listen to what Jesus is saying to you. Your heart will start to burn within you. Preacher can say a dozen things to you and your heart may not burn within you. You might get mad at them. But at the same time, if Jesus is talking to you, your heart will begin to burn within you. Because he's bringing to you truths. And some truths that he's already told you, but you haven't got hold of it yet. And so here were these two. And then finally, he, they said, well, because we're having such a good time of fellowship with him. Well, you might as well come in and abide with us. Abide with us. Oh, that's what we need. We need Jesus, not just out there, but we need him abiding in us, abiding, working in us and through us 
all of his good pleasure. And so he said, well, all right. And he went in, he was still talking to them. And then he did something very wonderful, something he had always done. He took the bread and he broke it. And as he did that, they recognized right away, this is Jesus. Well, if they'd been Irish, I'm sure they'd have done the Irish jig, but they weren't. So they went back again. They thought, well, we'll go back to, to Jerusalem. We better go back there. Now, that was the place of blessing. That's where God wanted them. So they went back, and there were other disciples. Jesus was coming here and there and yonder, just revealing himself to different ones. But he comes now to a house and to an upper room, and there were disciples in there, and they had bolted the door. They were scared to death. They were afraid of the Jews. And the wonderful thing is that these disciples, whenever they were in there, uh, the other two uh, that were, had been on the road to Admiss, they arrived back again. And they came and they knocked on the door and they got in. But then when they were in, they were just about to tell the story whenever Jesus himself appeared. And you know, they were full of panic, full of, of fear. And you know what the Lord did? He brought a wonderful message to them. And that's what the Lord always does when we're full of fear and full, uh, full of doubts. He'll always come with the right message at the right time. And he said, my peace I give unto you. What a message. My peace I'm giving unto you. I'm the resurrection in the life. Here I am. I laid down my life. I've taken it up again. I'm alive forevermore, and I can tell you my peace I'm giving unto you. Now, a peace not like the world can give you, but my peace. He is our peace. In other words, if Jesus says, I'm giving you peace, he's given you himself. He is what he, he says he is. That's him. That's his personality. I am the resurrection and the life. I am peace. And so he spoke a word of peace into their hearts and lives. And then not only did he do that, but he also he spoke a word of peace, and then he gave them instructions. He said, now, as the Father sent me, even so send I you. I want you to go and tell the world. Hey, did Jesus tell you that? Jesus has told the church. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What a gospel! We should be shouting it from the housetops. My mother used to say after I'd done a week of open air meetings and come home, she'd say, Really cool it. We're not deaf in this house. <laughs> well, the Lord's not nervous either. But anyway, it's great to know that this same Jesus. Now, not a different Jesus. The same Jesus walks with us on the road of life. Now, after this, he takes them for their last walk. The very last walk they were going to have with him upon the planet. He takes them all together and they go out towards Bethany. And as they go there, he talks to them by the way. 
And I'm sure they listened to every word that he was saying, because now his journey on the planet has come to an end. And he's going back to heaven. He's already told them that if he didn't go back, he couldn't send the, the promise of the Father. But because he was going back, the Holy Spirit would come and make the things of Christ real to us. That's why we need to be filled with all the fullness of God so that the things of Christ will be made real to us. And so as they walked together, I'm sure it was a wonderful walk. It would be their last walk. When I thought of that, I thought, well, Marie, you're getting on in years. And one of these days, it'll be your last walk. How will you feel about that? How would you feel if you knew that tomorrow morning would be the last day upon the planet for you? You'd be going into the presence of a holy God. The one who declared, I've done everything possible to get you here. The one who said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who was the great overcomer, who wants us to be overcomers. And he says, now, how would you feel about meeting him? Now, we see some of, the, some of, of his glory. But on that day, we're going to see him as he is. He's given us a work to do. Each individual, don't tell me you haven't got a wee job to do or throw something at you, because every one of you have something to do. God, even on old age, God would always give you a little job to do. I hope on that day that I'll be able to say, Master finished. I finished what you give me to do. There's no turning back. There's no standing still. There was a going on with you. And Lord, you journeyed with me. And that made all the difference in the world. Lord, I'm glad it's my last walk. It's going to be great today. Now, when I tell this, I might have told it here before, I'm not sure, but I had a good friend, and he always talked about heaven, always talked about going home and all the rest of it. And one day, I had had a mission in a place called, uh, it was a Presbyterian church, I remember that. And I, I, I had two weeks of meetings there, and then after the meetings, always somebody had to come because I couldn't drive, and they had to come to bring me home. And I knew the minute I got into the car, we would have heaven all the way home because that's all he talked about. He just couldn't. It was going to be a wonderful place and all the new things that he had found from the scriptures about heaven. And I thought, well, that's, that's great. Here we are. Sure enough, I got in and we were no sooner started off than he had found something new about heaven. That was great. And we were talking away. And suddenly I saw in front of me a He'd moved out of the lane we were in now. There was a great big truck in front of me. But what we didn't know, there was two trucks, long things, longer than this room. And they were almost bumper to bumper, which they shouldn't have been. But anyway, that's how they were. And suddenly, 
I saw a car coming in the same direction. Well, I knew that, like, the two don't go there. One doesn't go that, and that doesn't go that. They should be either going that way or that way. And I thought, this is it. Because he tried to get back in again, and he couldn't. Now I thought, well, Marie, this is the end of life's journey. So I grabbed hold of this seat, and I said, we're going to heaven, quick, quick. And he says, not if I can help it. <laughs> that was a good one, wasn't it? Not if I can help it. So, well, the two trucks, fortunately, they moved over for us. The car coming, well, it nearly went over the edge because it moved out that way. When I say we scraped by, that's the nearest I've ever been to heaven and didn't get there. We, 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 we managed to get through and with duty of horns and all the rest. So when we got through, I thought, well, I'm not letting them off of this one. <laughs> so, so I said, now, Mr. Govan, there was a great opportunity for you to go to heaven and you didn't take it. Well, he said, my wife wasn't with me. <laughs> well, I don't blame him. He didn't want to go into heaven with me. But if it was your last journey, if it was your last day, your last walk, are you walking right? Are you walking the way the Lord have you walk? Are you on the straight and narrow pathway? But not only does, he, does this going to be their last walk, but he gives them a last promise. Now, if somebody's dying and they give you, or they're going away somewhere and they give you a promise, well, you'll hang on to every word they're saying because you're not going to hear them again, you're not going to see them again. Only we are going to see ours again. So the Lord gave them a promise, and it was that they were to wait for the promise of the Father and that on the day of Pentecost, he would send the Holy Spirit to invade their lives. And that would help them to live the life. He wasn't going to be with them in bodily form, but the Holy Spirit would come and he would give them directions and would lead them. And then the last thing was, after he had given them the promise, told them what to do, given them instructions, now, all of a sudden, he's lifted up and he's taken out of their sight. They saw him. They saw him go into heaven. And they also heard from two angels, this same, why are you gazing up, watching, watching, watching? This same Jesus, not another Jesus, this same Jesus that loved the world, that died for the world, that grappled with death and won the war is the same Jesus that will come back again and he'll come back for you and me. Isn't that one? That's good news. That's something to get excited about. There's not another religion in the world as I got a Jesus like our Jesus. But the, all, the one thing is, he's the ascended one. Now, what, can, what truths can we learn from that? We have a living Savior enthroned in the place of power. He's alive today. He's still alive. He was alive last week. He was alive the week before. And he's the same one that we have a Savior 
who is understanding. That's good. That's good news. Because he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. There's nothing through life that we'll go through that he not be there with us. So he's a savior who is understanding everything that we do. And then we have a savior who is in heaven. He's gone up there. And you know what he's doing now? He's still thinking about us. He's preparing a place for us. Now, I always remember when I think of this preparing a place, I used to visit the elderly, and, and I said to my new pastor when he came, I said, all the elderly people that I used to visit, they're all dead now. He said, don't visit me. <laughs> so, so we have to be careful. But here is, when I think of him preparing the place, this one particular lady, every time I went to her, she really, she says, oh, Marie, I'm old now. I'd really love the Lord to get, take me home. And I used to always say the same thing. Sometimes preachers say a lot of tripe. And I just say to her, and that's what it was. I say to her, you're not ready yet. I told her that every time. You're not ready. And the proof, when I thought of it afterwards, she probably was thinking what was not ready about her. But anyway, here's what. One day I went home after visiting with her and I was just taking off my coat and I thought, Brie, why did you say she's not ready? Where is she not ready? And I thought, well, well, like what other answer could you give her? And the Lord said, I'm not ready. And that shocked me. I thought, Lord, you're not ready. Like, I mean... He said, I'm preparing a place for her. And I thought of my mother when every time I was coming home from Africa, I had a new bed just about every time I came home, and the wallpaper was all different, and there was always a different wardrobe, and she was getting things ready. And she didn't like you not to tell her she, you were coming either. You had to let her know so that she could prepare. And I just had this picture of Jesus. He said, I'm, I'm, he didn't say I'm getting something ready for you up here. He said, I'm preparing a place for you. So it was something that he himself was taking great care about. And I thought, Marie, go back. Now, woman, you told her a lot of rubbish. So I went back and I said to her, look, what I told you is a bunch of lies. And she looked and said, what? Well, I said, I've just thought it through. I didn't think it through. It all came from up here. But I said, the Lord started to talk to me down here. And it's a very different story. Jesus is preparing. And he's getting it ready. And he's saying, everyone's going to come to me one day. Now, I want the best for her. Now, I do this and do, we get it all nicely done for her. And she stood up with the glory. Oh, Marie, that's wonderful. Well, she went to heaven three days later, but, she, but it was ready. It was almost ready. And then came the day when it was all ready. So Jesus is still thinking about us. There's not a time in eternity past or eternity to come that our God is not thinking about us. 
He's a living Savior, and one day we look forward to it when he'll come not as a living Savior, but as a glorious, exalted King of kings and Lord of lords. And I tell you, the church will shout. It will shout, here comes the King. The King is coming. He's really, truly coming. Now, it's not worth building another church, getting it all spruced up and getting things ready to, to proclaim this glorious gospel message. Now, you don't have to be in the pulpit to do that. Wherever God puts you, you're responsible. Wherever God puts you. I remember in Africa, they all knew I was a missionary, but the street I lived in, they all just knew I was a missionary. But then one day the Lord said to me, Marie, I but they don't know how to get saved. They know you're a missionary. Well, I thought, well, uh, well, maybe not. So I started to pray that the Lord would. And in wonderful ways, the Lord opened the doors. He, like before, when my younger days, I just plowed in and told them they didn't repent, they were going to hell. But that's not the way to do it. The Lord had to soften me down and, and do all the rest. But as we pray, I've noticed the Lord does miracle through prayer. And he prepared the, the, the people, but maybe one would come and say, what's the difference between this religion and that religion? They're all asking you, you don't have to tell. Then you just tell them and tell them that God loves them. Christ died for them, and he's preparing a place for all those who put their trust. You see, tonight, the Lord Jesus' two hands were nailed, and they're outstretched, and he's saying, come on to me, come on to me. But one day, he's not going to say, come on to me. He's going to say, come with me, come with me with me for all who have come on to me now come with me I've prepared a place for you what a day what a day that will be it's not a myth it's reality prove the book for yourselves read it well hear him well and know that he did it all for you now, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will take the written word, make it to become a living word. Show to us that you truly are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that you're alive and alive forevermore. We bless you that no one took your life from you. We bless you, you laid it down of yourself, you took it up again because you are the resurrection and the life. Breathe life into those who are dead in trespasses and in sin. Reveal to them that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, for Jesus' sake. Amen.